Before this week's episode starts, we would just like to include a trigger warning. Um, sometimes we talk about things that can um, bring up some memories or trigger people. Um, there are some topics sometimes that we talk about that are rough and may not be suitable for little ears. Um, just want to give you a trigger warning before this week's episode starts. We appreciate you listening. And we like to talk about the hard things, but we also don't want to cause any harm to anybody. So um, viewer discretion is advised sometimes, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Breaking Apostolic Taboo. It is me, Bailey. And before we get started, I have, I want to do a little preface. Um, So... Y'all know my co-host, Alicia, she has been going through a whole lot recently and she really is needing to continue her break, um, just for some personal reasons. And so she's going to be back. Um, we don't know exactly when yet, cause I want to give her as much time as she needs for all the personal stuff that's going on right now. I know a lot of us have been busy and things have just been insane. So we had discussed how we needed to start the podcast back up and, we had thrown out a couple ideas of how we could keep it going and her still have a break. And I didn't really want to do it by myself because this is this podcast, podcast, blah, 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 is about talking and talking about things in church, you know, hard things. So we had finally came up and came to the conclusion that my husband, Taylor, could do the podcast with me until Alicia feels like she can come back. And so I want everybody to meet Taylor. Say hi, Taylor. Y'all seen him before. He was on our toxic masculinity episode. Well, you've heard him before. Yeah, you've heard him a lot before. And you've only been on that one episode. And I mean, I did. Uh, I have talked about you a lot. Um, I guess to give you a little update on why we're not already in Lithuania. Um, some things came up and uh, we weren't able to leave quite yet. And so hopefully, though, we'll be out of here in the next month, month and a half, hopefully. We're hoping to be out by the end of September. So if you or your church, if you're listening and you would like to sponsor or give a donation, we would greatly appreciate it. You can message the podcast and we can send you the info. Um, But Taylor, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know a lot of people already know you, but... I'm married to you. Uh Uh-huh. married to the one and only... Oh my goodness, okay, whatever, alright. And, uh, graduate from Tennessee, um, just in case you don't what do you what do you think about the beauty of uncertainty? What is the first thing that comes to your mind? And that's an odd title. But I mean I see what you're looking for. Um by the way, I'm a goofy, just go with it. Um, so in a sense what what you're trying to say is that there's good in the waiting. There yeah. is growth in the pause, whatever you want to put it and spin it as. But at the same time, you have to take advantage of that moment. And if you don't, you're just sitting there and you're waiting. You get agitated. You get angry. And 
then you sometimes you might even quit. You might be like, Bob, that might be, I'm done. Peace out, Girl Scout. And so that there is, there's something to the waiting. There always is, there's something in that moment when life seems to be on pause. God's got you on pause for whatever reason. You're, you know, they always say grow where you're planted. You're kind of in that moment where you, where you, you're ready for the next step or you think you're ready, but yet you're still planted in this one spot. And there's good in that. And so like in our case. Yeah, we know it firsthand. With us waiting for to get to the field in general. Yeah. Uh, you know, even you've admitted probably multiple times. Yeah, I don't yesterday, know if you've said it on the podcast. I don't know like, if I have said it on the podcast. Yesterday, we were talking with my parents because we were all just having a sit-down combo. Um, so we were talking about how I look back and we were supposed to technically go on AIM in 2020. I'm sure most of y'all know that. We were supposed to leave to go on AIM in 2020. And me looking back and it's 2022, it's been two years of us sitting here trying to go on the field. I'm like, if I would have went on the field when we were supposed to, I would not have been ready. I emotionally, physically, spiritually, I would not have been able to do it when we were supposed to go. And the Lord knew why I had to wait. I was not ready to go. I mean, still, I, I mean, I know now that I'm what I'm going to be walking into. I know what I'm walking into kind of with going to Lithuania, but you're never going to be ready for what you're going to have to face. Like you, you know, what's coming, but you're never going to be fully ready to, to face what you're going to face, especially on the missions field per se. We have so many friends there. We've had so many friends backslide after being on the missions field. I mean, or just give up on their callings. I mean, it's, it's rough. It's not easy. And especially for what we're doing, we're going in and starting from scratch and no church, nothing. It's, it's rough. And you've got to be ready to fight those spiritual battles. You've got to be able to be strong and confident in your own self. And a lot of people, they may think that they are good, strong, confident, but God can go, and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't hold on, I can't do this. Kind of like Peter walking or stepping out in faith onto the water. He just got distracted, just a a hair, tiny bit, and he starts sinking. And so another thing about uncertainty, and a reason why we had officially called it the beauty of uncertainty, was because there is beauty in not knowing what's coming. There is, it's, it's an, it makes your walk with God something so much deeper. And it's something, and the reason it's on Apostolic Tattoo is, the reason that this is a topic is because a lot of times when young people, including ourselves, because we're still technically a part of that group, yeah, we are. <laughs> especially if your Bible college was hyped up to you by somebody else or whatever. And I'm, I'm not not down Bible college one bit. Not one bit. Yeah, well, but it could be of, anything. Missions a lot work, of times, early ministry work gets, I wouldn't say glamorized because it's not the right term, but that's the closest I'm going to get to what I'm trying to say, is that that early ministry life gets glamorized that you're going to be. You know, as soon as you leave Bible college, you'll have a position and it'll be paid and it'll mm-hmm. be this and that. And a lot of times, just like when you're fresh out of high school, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Nobody knows what you're doing. Or say, for and, me, in my instance, like out, straight out of Bible college, like, yeah, I had, I was going to have a music director position, 
but I was going to have to work a job. Sometimes people don't prepare you for the reality of what you're going to have to walk into. Yeah, and so like a lot of times that that early ministry and one time we had a we had a not necessarily come to Jesus meeting, but we were I was talking with our pastor about you know where we're at and what's going on, and he was like, "How dare you?" And I, now you have to know the pastor; he's very very frank and very like upfront, but he's not doing it to be mean or rude. He's trying to like get you to think, mm-hmm. like what made you know Jesus ministry didn't get started until he was thirty two. Mm-hmm. All right, what makes you think? at 28 that you're going to have it all together and your ministry is going to be thriving and amazing and awesome. No, we have examples of that 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 isn't guaranteed. Our own Savior's ministry didn't get started until he was in his 30s. Yeah. If you look at a lot of people that are very prevalent in the UPCI and in general, they're in their 40s, 50s. A lot of them, late 30s, 30s, it's like you're not going to be where you're at at 20. And uh, and we have glamorized getting married young. We have glamorized being in ministry young. Well, yes, it happens to some people and kudos to them. But you've got to also look at some. Yeah, God's going to make you go at your own pace. You may not be able to handle full-blown ministry, marriage, a relationship at 24. God has a rhythm to your life. He has yeah. a purpose and a plan and a path for your ministry, for your life. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're not going to know all of it from the get-go. That's why the Bible says, you know, be a lamp unto my feet, direct my path and my steps. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, and nowadays we sing songs like, wait on the Lord, order order my steps of your word and all that kind of stuff. But do, but sometimes when we really, do we really mean those things when we say that? Do we really mean if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me? Do we mean those things when we sing those in worship? Yeah. Or do we get in our head that we have to be at this this spot, at this time, at this place, at this space? Yeah. And you're not sometimes in the waiting, the beauty of waiting is you can prepare yourself. Are you reading your word daily? Are you praying? Are you picking up a book and reading, you know, learning, growing? Are you witnessing to somebody as often as possible? I, you know, you were there. I'm just going to reiterate it. We recently went out and spoke somewhere, and my message was, uh, what did I title it? I, I, had, I had thought of the title. I the can't remember. So, uh, God, even in the inconvenience or something like that. Uh-huh. And I was talking about how even Paul, within his first, second missionary journey, ran into inconvenience after inconvenience Mm -hmm. after inconvenience. But if all those inconveniences didn't happen to him, because he, it says in Acts that he wanted to go into Asia and the spirit was like, no, you can't go this way. This is not where I want you to go. Pause, fast pause. And so Paul and Silas and Timothy, they head up towards Myasia and Myanthia and all that. And I probably just butchered that because I'm talking off the top of my head without my notes. And they had that direction, and then finally he has the vision, the Macedonian call, the instant that come, come help us, come, come bring us the gospel, yada, yada, yada. And so finally they hop over there and, they, and all this stuff. And, you know, at first there's no synagogue, there's nothing here. Obviously they're in Greece, it's Philippi, and they're, they meet this woman named Lydia, and her household gets saved. And, and, History says that because of that moment, Lydia's household becomes a cornerstone for the church in Philippi. Then, right after that, we have the girl possessed with the demon that was divination. He cast the demon out of her, and 
And that doesn't really say what happens to her, but who's to say that she didn't go try to search out who set her free? What was that? Because I'm sure there was some supernatural relief in after the fact. And then because she was delivered, our masters are like, they're doing this, they're doing that. And they bring them and they get flogged and they get beat. And they're probably bleeding out of every orifice like Jesus almost. And then they get jailed. And then in the jail, they, you know, they're praising at midnight. We always talk about the shift foundations and all this happens. And if it wasn't for all these inconveniences, they would have never been in that jail for that jailer. And that jailer in his household would have never been saved. Yeah. And so we can't get mad at God uh, when we're getting inconvenienced for that reason. And that reason alone, you're the uncertainty, the inconvenience, honestly, another word for uncertainty yeah. is inconvenience. Because it's not our point. It's, it's not, not. It's not what we think should be happening. Now, while uncertainty, it, it has a lot to do with your walk with God, uncertainty also, um, you're, what you're going to do with your life. It is okay. And I, I wish I could scream this from the mountaintops. It's okay to not know what you're supposed to do with your life right now. Especially if you're in your 20s, even your 30s. It's, it hurts. You, it, it hurts and it stinks. Like, I know I'm very blessed in, to have a husband and to be in ministry at 24, almost 25 years old. I, I get that. But God knew I needed that. Because if I wouldn't have met Taylor when I did, I, I'm sorry. I probably wouldn't be in church. Because he's half the reason I stuck with it. And so, because I loved him and I could see a future with him, even as a 17, 18 year old girl, but I also was raised in a a very spiritually mature household. And so you're not going to be where you need to be if you've only been in the church for six years. You probably need to grow a little more. Six, seven, ten years. You've got a lot of growing still. Now, we're not saying all this to for the ones that have got it together. They're going yeah. to God has just revealed and confirmed the path and you're taking it. Yeah. We're all for that. Go for it. Great. Do it. I'm not discouraging you. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to slow your roll. What we're talking to is the people who God's revealed this and that and you have a calling, you know you have a calling, but yeah, it just, it's one, it's like the door's still closed. Or you're not 100% sure exactly what you're supposed and to do. And you're just trying. It's and, okay. Mm-hmm. You're good. As long as you, because the main, the main purpose of the gospel is to be discipleship makers. Mm-hmm. We need to be making disciples wherever we go. We need to be reaching for people wherever we go. We need to also study to show ourselves approved. We need mm-hmm. to do all of that. And there's a thing called spiritual maturity that we all have to gain a certain level of before and, we yeah. go to certain points. And spiritual maturity is more so a relationship with God. And a lot of people don't really realize that if you don't have a real, a real, and I say that because I know that if you don't have a real relationship with God, it's going to be real hard. And it hurts and it is painful. And you're going to have a lot of depression. You're going to have a lot of anxiety. When Yeah. You're not, you're going to be fighting if you're not with your spouse and it's, it's rough. And I mean, I know because I've been there, my depression was horrible, absolutely horrible. I was a horrible mess until I realized, oh my goodness, when I started building my relationship with God, things changed and I could, I could feel him. I could feel peace. I could feel love because when you have that relationship with God, you begin to produce the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit is what helps you in your life and it's what makes you grow and what makes you mature and so all of this leading back to this uncertainty thing if you don't have a relationship with god the uncertainty is going to be so great it's going to overwhelm you 
It's going to, it's going to overwhelm your mind and you're not, and it's going to take you over. And that uncertainty spirit just turns right into depression, anxiety, because when you don't fear, when you don't know what you're supposed to do, or you feel like you, you have no direction in life, it's just going to consume you if you can't stop and combat that with the word of God and, and, and who God is. It's okay. It's okay to be in a waiting season. Yes, there's it's nothing okay. wrong with it. There's multiple times when in the Bible there's waiting seasons. So there's a, a, a brief pause. And to us, it doesn't feel brief. It feels like it's been years. But you have to understand, a brief pause to, uh, to God is not our brief pause. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to hold off. David had to wait years before he was anointed. And then he had to wait years before he even became king. Yeah. And imagine all the mess he went through. Of course, some of it was his own fault. But anyway. Some of it was Saul. Really and, leadership. And it was a lot of, a lot of stuff. And, you know, Paul... He was at the season of waiting before he really started doing the missionary journeys. Mm-hmm. And he had to grow in the faith and had to, you know, go through a lot. And all these big names were thrown out there. They all had a waiting period. I mean, Abraham and Sarah. Yeah. A hundred and something years old before they had that promised baby. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Yeah. How? What makes us think? And I think part of it is our culture. We're raised in a generation that says, we gotta go, we gotta do, we gotta do this, we gotta have a place, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, we gotta have this place, we gotta have that place. If you don't have that place, you're a failure from blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And you know exactly the words that I'm saying because you're sitting here thinking of right now. Those things that you've heard people say, well, if you don't have it together, if you don't have a job by this time, if you're not married by this time, if you're married, then what are you doing with your life? And that's just simply not the case. Yeah. Especially within ministry, within working with God, His timing is not our timing. He, we, His thoughts are not our thoughts. And thank God that they're not, because if they were my thoughts, we would be somewhere where we weren't ready. Yeah. And there's a time, and that waiting season is a time to grow. It's a time to learn. It's a time to mature. It's a time to get disciplines like a daily prayer, a fast life, a a Bible reading life, a worship life. All of this, if you got to take the waiting as an educational moment. you can't yeah. just sit you gotta there grow. And wait. You gotta grow. Now, if it's a week, that's that's something different. There's a waiting period for a week that I'm I'm, gonna, I'm saying those long waiting periods where you're you've been trying to go on missions for the last four years and just every door seems to stay shut and then one door seems to open, but then right behind it's more waiting. And that's okay. It's growth. It's the definition. It's yeah. everything. Something that just came to mind while we're sitting here talking. Uh, the um, the apostles. The 12 disciples, whatever. Is that the same thing? I don't know why I just said apostles. I don't know if that's right. So the 12 disciples, while they walked with Jesus, that could be considered a waiting. They didn't really go out and do and reach until after Jesus died. Like, yes, they were with Jesus. They did stuff with him. But they were following Jesus, watching him, learning. Jesus was teaching them. And when Jesus died... That's when you see the disciples going out and reaching and going on their missionary journeys. It wasn't while they were walking with Jesus. It was after Jesus was gone that they went out and did their missionary journeys and went and reached people. And then they were martyred. They were martyred. But while they were with Jesus, they were learning. They were learning from him, walking with him, seeing him do stuff. Well, yes, they did stuff while they were with Jesus. Um, They didn't really start their ministry. Some of the stuff that we know them for until afterwards and that kind of is a big thing that just hit me like yes they did do stuff while they were with Jesus there's no doubt you know but they didn't really start their ministries till after Jesus had been gone 
and they went on their missionary journeys and were sent out. So use the waiting and the growing season to grow and learn and get everything you can from God because you're going to need it in those really hard times when you feel like he's not there because you're you're going to be able to combat. I know God's done this before. Like, I know I don't know what's going on. I, I can't feel him sometimes. But you can take what you know and all this wisdom and knowledge and growth you've done and apply it and get out of that funk. Because all uncertainty does is put you in a funk of fear, anxiety, depression, and it, it can wreck your world if you let it. And, it. and it's okay. It really is okay to not know what you're doing in the next few years. I know me and Taylor, we, we were talking with... Um, our leader the other day and she was well I was talking with her and she said we really need to get together and do a five ten year plan and I was like that kind of scared me because I don't really know what God has for me in the next five to ten years I can say well I know for the next year maybe more I'm going to be in Lithuania what do I want to do after Lithuania I don't really know I haven't thought that far ahead and that kind of made me freak out a little bit But it's okay to not know exactly, but you also need to pray and seek God. You can't just say it's going to come. Like, I'm going to get a spouse. I'm going to go on. I'm going to be in ministry. Well, do you know, like, what exactly, like, is going to cost you? Are you ready for what's going to come? And I don't know why I said that, but. There will be compromises. You will have to. I'm not saying compromises. Compromise. But like, there's gonna be a compromise that you have to make. That it's gotta be more of what God has planned. Yeah. Well, in marriage, in marriage, we, I mean, you both know this. Relationships, relationships compromise. You're going to have to compromise some things. Not everything. You're blaming two households. I have, I like for me, compromising. I've learned that my husband is not a clean freak like me. While yes, it is still a struggle sometimes because I am so OCD about it and it oh, freaks me out. Super dirty. But you don't like he, he, the thing is he doesn't clean the way I do. I have a system. I like things done the way I do. So I compromise on some things. And I do like I let some things slide because it, it's him. I love him and he's not always going to do what I like. He's not always going to say the things that I like him to say. You're going to have to compromise some stuff. I know this 100%. And he's probably had to compromise some things for me too. And you're going to have to compromise some things to be able to grow. And also sometimes some of the things that we're holding on to are kind of selfish and narcissistic and stupid. Some of the things that we think are pivotal for us as people are just hurting us even more. If we keep holding on to it, e, that hurts. You gotta let some stuff go. That's what you're waiting on. That's what that's all the waiting is. It's a training time. It is a time to train and work those things out between you and Jesus, between yourself, become more assured of yourself, become more assured in your relationship with God. You are prepping your armor. You're putting the helmet of salvation on, securing your salvation in those moments. You're putting on the breastplate. You're putting on. You're getting ready to you're, fight. You're getting all of it because ministry is a fight. It's a spiritual mm-hmm. warfare. You're, you think you're just going to walk out and just start preaching like something? No. <laughs> no. And I'm, you know, honestly, I will be the first to say I am not the biggest fan of preaching. I don't like to do it. I will do it if I'm asked to do it. If I preach for the first time. If God puts me in that moment, but I would much rather 
be teaching at Bible studies on Monday night at our church. I would much rather be, if I've been asked to clean or do coffee shop or run live stream, I'm okay with doing the little things. I'm okay with being in the background. Ooh, and that's, that's a whole other topic for another say, another episode. But that also has a key with uncertainty. Yeah. You've got to be okay to not do some of yeah, the things you feel God's called you to do. If you feel called to a pulpit ministry, there's more to the pulpit than just that. And, that, and that's a redundant statement that multiple ministers and teachers have said. But, but it's true. There's truth to that. There's more to being a ministry than just the pulpit and just being a mouthpiece. There, You've got to put your hands to the plow, baby. You've got to do the work. And there's more to it. And in the waiting is when you're learning how to do that, that you're pushing, that you're striving, that you're growing. And I just feel like I'm a broken record when I'm saying that. But it's true. But it's true. And and I will say it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And again. And again. We interrupt today's episode to let you know a couple things. So if you go to the description of this uh, podcast or if you go to our Instagram page and click on the link in the bio, it will take you to our link tree. And there's a couple things on our link tree that we would like to tell you about. So first, the first link you're going to see is A Kingdom of Misfits, giving you every reason why God can and will use you. This is a book written by our co-host, Bailey Romans. That's me. Um, We are doing this study on our podcast right now. And... If you go, you buy a book, you're supporting our missions trip, which is also another link on our thing. If you click support the Romans, it's going to take you to our bonfire store that where we sell t-shirts. Or if you are a pastor or a minister or just an everyday person and you want to sponsor us or donate money towards our missions trip, we are very, very, very close to getting on the field. So if you would like to sponsor us, or even if we are on the field, we could still use your sponsorship or your donation to keep us on the field even longer. Um, you can message Breaking Apostolic Taboo, or you can find me and Taylor personally on Facebook or Instagram, and we would totally love to give you the information to help us. Also, there is a tab for listener support where you can go buy us a coffee if you want to donate directly to the podcast so we can eventually do giveaways or make t-shirts or make merchandise in the future. Every little bit will go towards um, buying equipment, buying Um, whatever we need for the podcast. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. Uh, Leave a review, uh, follow us on whatever listening platform you are, and we hope that you enjoy this episode and you have been enjoying it. So to kind of wrap some stuff up here, um, What are some things that we need to do when we're in that uncertainty state? What are some things that is pivotal for us to do when we're in that uncertainty state? For me, you have got to be praying. I know, I know, I know. Prayer doesn't always fix everything. By golly, if I could throw my hands down on the table and scream. Yeah, by golly. Listen to me. Prayer fixes things and changes things. 
while yes, it may not be immediate and it may not, but you have got to rewire your brain. Prayer something, rewires your brain. Something that a teacher at Bible College always told us, he's no longer at the school at TBC, but you know, he's pastor of a church out in Tennessee. Love him to death. He used to always say, what direction are your kids in? And through prayer, fasting, and doing all that, what direction is it pushing you towards? Is it pushing you to look to the hill and look up the hill and crawl up the hill to where your help is? Or is it pushing you away, turning, or what are you doing that the lack of doing things? Is it making you turn the other direction? Are you being more carnal? Are you doing all these other things that really don't matter at all that's turning turning your direction away from God? And then you want to sit there and be confused about it. Yeah, because um, so, you're not seeking. <laughs> so even in the waiting, you've got to make sure that whatever you're doing, you are turning like your your spirit is facing God and through prayer and fasting and reading your word studying the word of God your spiritual self to look towards God and when you're doing that you're making that connection the waiting process and the uncertainty process is the best time to grow and to learn and become confident in what you believe it's something I I've been working on recently and I still need to do better I have got to know the word of God. I have got to be confident in what he says and confident in what I believe, confident in my convictions and what I teach. I can't just say, I believe women shouldn't cut their hair and not know why, because guess what? People are going to ask you why, especially when you get into ministry and you start doing what you feel God's called you to do. You're going to have to face a whole lot and you're going to have lots of questions. And if you have lacked in your studying and lacked in your, you know, seeking God, you're not going to have an answer. And you need to have answers. You need to know this for yourself. And the unfortunate thing, and I will say this, within within Pentecost as a whole, and I'm talking EPC, WPF, all of them, every bit of them, especially with those that practice holiness standards, there is a lot of jargon that we use there is a lot of statements like uh like what did i use candy sticks there's a lot of candy stick phrases that pentecostal preachers like to use when it comes to hair and come to standards and holiness and all this stuff and it really if you don't know what they're truly talking about you're it, it, you're just following to follow then how do you expect when your friend asks you well why do you not cut your hair I do not wear makeup. You can't sit there and tell them. And this is again, I'm off on another tangent. I feel like I'm sorry. That's what we do a lot. But when you're waiting, that's when you're supposed to to go through the Bible, go through the epistles, go through the statements, study it out. You know, that's when you should go get books like the books that Lori Wagner has written: the girl in the dress, the girl with the hair, and the girl with the mask. Or, or you need to get David or David Bernard's David book. Bernard's Practical Holiness. Or you need to get Spiritual Gifts by Ken Gurley. There's that. Um, or you need to seek out just good teaching. Raymond Woodward, know, great Raymond, person to Woodward, learn from. Good teachings on holiness. You know. And just Bible in general. Waiting season, like we've been saying, is a moment to grow. It's a moment to get founded and get grounded and have a solid foundation in what you believe and so that way you can combat what's coming next because if it's ministry that's coming next then you need to be ready because 
guess what? The because I said so, or because the Bible says so, isn't a sufficient answer. For also, if you want a godly relationship, well, you need that too. You're, yes. We talk, we talk about everything here on Breaking Applesauce Tattoo. Whatever comes to our mind, if you want a good godly relationship, you gonna have to grow. You, you can't just hope. One, Jesus loves you too much to leave you where you're at. So yeah. he is always calling you to grow and to grow in him. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. And so, and this also applies to having a relationship with somebody. I, our, our marriage, by golly, it struggled when we first got married. No, no. The first two and a half, three years a was a hot mess. We've been married almost six years. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> six years in October. <laughs> but those first three years of marriage were rough. And you want to know why? Because we weren't ready. We weren't ready. While we thought we was ready, we really weren't ready for what was coming. But yes, and you will have some of that. But if you're our age and you're still not looking for a relationship, this is a great time to prepare yourself for a relationship. If you can't take care of yourself, if you can't take care of your job, your life, I don't think you're necessarily ready for a relationship and that stinks. But maybe there's a reason why you're in a waiting process. And we also have to think about that. So a good thing to think about maybe today, next couple of days, why, if you're, if you feel like you're in a waiting process, why are you in a waiting process? You can ask God that question, ask yourself that question. Why, why do I think I am in this waiting process? Seek God for an answer too. If you can't think of a reason, I can think of a reason why I've been in one is because I needed to grow spiritually. I wasn't ready spiritually for what was coming my way. So for others, it's daily prayer, daily fasting, or weekly fasting, or whatever it may be. Because those are disciplines that we need to have as Christians. We need to have those. Jesus had them. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, as we're trying to wrap up, and here we are, six, eight, whatever minutes later. um, It's okay. You know. Take this time to grow. Mm-hmm. Take this time to glean. Get a hold of messages, sermons, and glean from sermons that are out. You know, like I, I probably somebody's gonna hate this, but I like to listen to some of TD Jake stuff because some of his stuff is really good. I like Jackie Hill Perry. If Jackie gonna, Hill Perry. Jackie. Okay. Uh, I've posted and shared some of her stuff before, but there she has written two really, really good books. Um, Holier Than Thou is my favorite book. I have not read her other one, but you have read her other one, yeah. Gay Girl, Good God. Yeah, Homegirl yeah. used to be in the LGBTQ plus community. You can find a lot of her poems. You can find a lot of her stuff online. She got started as, do y'all remember back in the day it Bailey doesn't because no, I, I showed her this. She was like, I didn't remember this at all. But girl, where I grew up, slam poetry was the thing. And uh, there was this group called, I think it was Peace, I think it was called PC for Him. And it was a poetry slam group of just Christians in general, not Pentecostals. And oh, it was so good. And that's where she got her start. She would do poetry on weed, she did it on being a gigolo. She has a couple other ones. And that's where she really got her start. And then she just kept developing and growing. And now she. This woman has such a wealth of knowledge of the Word of God. 
it is phenomenal. While she doesn't have the full revealing of the truth and the oneness and whatever of God, this woman has said stuff about the Bible I have never heard anybody say. And I never really, yeah. Sometimes she can worm it in just another way that you're like, she has explained the holiness of God in a way that has finally made sense to me and has clicked and how we are supposed to be holy like God in that sense. That's what it meant. Um, and so there is it is OK to sometimes listen to people that don't have the full realm of the truth that's but you've got to be able to yeah i you've got to be able to chew on the what is it chew on it but spit out the bone or something like yeah. that you've got to be able to pick through you've got to be able to, to chew on that meat and spit out the bone you can't keep you know you got to know the truth well enough but you've got to study find yeah, some good raymond books good. raymond woodward has such amazing if you can find lessons. a message by Robert Tisdale's great. Robert Tisdale, Joshua Resar. Um, there's a plethora of messages out there. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. Andy still. Wilson, man, there's a lot of. If you go to Cornerstone UPC, Lufkin on YouTube, our pastor, oh my word, he's so great. He's a pastor John Brown, I shared one of his a clip of his message the other day. My word, it's amazing. If you, you want to go listen to our pastor, we last three more services too. Pastor, heard me call you a psycho, it was all good faith. Already. He knows, he knows. Anyways, but... but and by the reason of calling him a psycho, um, he has jumped off the platform onto, onto a, motorcycle. a motorcycle before. Um, yeah. I heard about this. I wasn't there for that. Sermon. I have a picture of it. it. Yeah, he's crazy, but it's wonderful. But anyways, you need to get some good godly mentors. That's, you know, you really need somebody that can help you. friends. Yes, you need really good godly friends. Because if you have friends that are stuck in the same boat as you, you just don't be keeping each other down. Don't keep each other down. But also don't get mad at people when they try to help you. That's another side. That's another side episode. And people shouldn't get mad when they can't accept help because they're not ready yet. Yeah. Also, don't let your pride hinder you in your uncertainty and in your waiting. If you're too prideful, if you're too prideful to say you're waiting, oh my God. Don't be so humble that everything you can't. That you can't accept anything. That's something, unfortunately, that I'm working on. It's hard. It is hard to be able to say, oh, thank you. Yes, I I could do that. And then here's me on the other side of the coin, or as my pastor says, um, like my pastor says, Cohen, and I can't. Anyways, um, there's me, and when I preached my first message the other day, my very first message, even though it wasn't very long, it wasn't meant to be long, um, I had so many people coming up to me, and, oh my goodness, you did so good, you did so good. I could have very easily gotten a really big head, but I had to stop myself, I'm like, whoa, 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 this wasn't me, this is God, this is all God working through me. Well, yes, I did do a good job, don't get a big head. Don't be those people. I say this all the time. I'm trying not to be like the people that get on my nerves. I don't want to be full of myself. Anyways, so we did ramble a little bit, and that's okay. Me and Alicia ramble all the time about silly, Just to goofy get, like, stuff. Just like she was trying to say, eat, eat the steak, but spit out the, the bone. Just yeah. get all the meat that you can, yeah anyways so there's your little tidbit and we are so glad to have breaking apostolic taboo back on the air because 
it was needed. I know so many of y'all messaged me that y'all were missing the podcast, and I hope that me and Taylor are doing a good job. Um, we can't wait. For, we, we can't wait for Alicia to be back. Um, I'm sure that will not happen. I'm pretty sure some people say that. No, you're you're doing great we did a good job so all right taylor you're gonna have to do this outro with me all right so what i'm gonna i'm gonna say thank you for joining us this week on breaking apostolic taboo i'm bailey robins and let's start talking you want to try it again (laughs) you ready let's start talking let's start talking me and alicia say it together I'm not Alicia. <laughs> you ready? Let's start talking.